The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. A local private eye, very well known in his community, found dead in his own home. A four-year-old little girl left behind. Shocking details now surfacing in the case of a Huntsville PI, private investigator, found dead. Jim Capello Jr., just 37 years old. He died of seemingly natural causes. Just 37 years old, he's a healthy young man. He was panicky, real panicky, anxious. He couldn't get his words together. I tried calling him twice that day on two separate occasions and he didn't answer. I'm Nancy Grace, this is Crime Stories. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Jim Capello Sr. and Jim's sister Jamie were driving to Huntsville from out of state to lead a search team to find Jim. Jim's wife posted on Facebook that she had last spoken to him Thursday morning. She asked for help looking for him Friday. Jim's sister spoke to him late Wednesday night. 11 o'clock, I had my way to work, on my way to the car, answered, and he was panicky, real panicky, anxious. He couldn't get his words together. I text Nikki and asked her how his night was. She said at one point uh, he woke up freezing and she warmed him up. But after that, he slept well and he's doing well this morning. I tried calling him twice that day on two separate occasions and he didn't answer. Jamie is a nurse and she knew that her baby brother was suddenly and mysteriously very ill and he needed to get to the hospital. It was unusual, unexpected, and his symptoms were extreme. What happened? What symptoms? Why are they called extreme? I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. You are hearing our friends at WAF 48. That was Liz Hurley. Joining me right now, an all-star panel, Atlanta veteran prosecutor Kenya Johnson, Karen Smith, forensics expert, founder Bare Bones Consulting, renowned psychologist out of Manhattan, Dr. Karen Stark, 
Steve Lampley, detective and author of How to Catch a Liar. And joining me right now, journalist out of Huntsville, Alabama, Rachel Hammers, and renowned medical examiner out of Bay County, Michigan, author of American Narcan on Amazon, Dr. William Maroney. I need you now more than ever, Maroney. Rachel Hammers with me from Huntsville, Alabama, journalist. Rachel, what exactly were Jim Capella Jr.'s symptoms? Just 37 years old, he's a healthy young man. Well, and according to family, the only issue that he had medically was high cholesterol. Uh, so when his sister spoke to him the night before uh, he passed away, she said he was shivering cold. He could not make sense. He was very, he, he couldn't get his words together. Uh, and from, from everything I've read, and I'm sure your doctor will weigh in on this, but everything I've read that, you know, it was pretty classic symptoms of somebody who was uh, suffering from an insulin overdose and his sister being a nurse uh, herself had phoned the next morning uh, tried to get in touch with him a couple of times and could not and ended up texting her sister-in-law, Nikki Capello, uh, to see how he was doing. And, and as of that clip stated, you know, that he had had a bit of a, a rough night, but she had warmed him up and he was doing much better the next morning. Well, wait a minute. I don't understand. Was he diabetic? Uh, by all indications, no. Okay, so I don't understand this. Dr. William Maroney, Deputy Medical Examiner, Bay County, Michigan, author of American Narcan on Amazon. Why would he have the symptoms of insulin overdose? Let's just describe what were his symptoms, Dr. Maroney, and how do you analyze them? Well, the most severe symptoms are going to be severe disorientation and coma, seizures, nervousness, slurred speech, and just not thinking right. Mild symptoms will be dizziness, drowsiness, fatigue, and some depression. The, the thing that's really important wait, wait, is wait, if you're wait, not right diabetic. There. Wait, wait, Maroney, Maroney. Yes, yes. We're not medical uh, professionals, okay? But did you just say dizziness, fatigue, and depression? Because I had that this morning when I was cleaning out the guinea pig cage. I was very depressed looking at all that poop. I thought I was going to fall over. And um, I felt fatigue because I had to travel back and forth to New York yesterday for work. Why is, does that mean insulin overdose? Because I get that every morning when I have to clean the guinea pig cage. Well, guinea pig poop has nothing to do with it. But when you alter, when you change the level of sugar in the body, you'll lead to confusion, fatigue, and drowsiness. And that's because sugar is a fuel. Sugar is a fuel to the human body. And you take sugar out of the system when you have too much insulin and then the body has no fuel. The brain has no fuel. Okay. Your mouth uh, what, has okay, no stop, fuel. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Dr. Maroney, I'm drinking out of the fire hydrant here. Hold on, hold on. What? I'm just a, a JD, okay? You're the MD. First, let's just break. What is insulin? I know diabetics need it uh, to live. I, I know if you're diabetic or you're borderline diabetic, you have to watch every bit of sugar that you consume. I remember my dad was borderline diabetic, and I, I discussed this with you shortly before he went to heaven. He would watch every gram of sugar. Like, I had to buy him a certain kind of yogurt that only had four grams of sugar. And I would scour the grocery store to try to find the, a yogurt for him that had the smallest amount of sugar in it. And, but, but what is insulin exactly? Insulin is a protein. And it's symbolically like a key. It unlocks 
all the cells in the body to absorb and metabolize sugar. And it's a balance. Your body's function is a balance of just the right amount of fuel, sugar, too much too, or, or too little, and you have problems. Or a false amounts of high insulin, it will make sugar drop. Drop like a rock. Drop out of, like out of a plane at 60,000 feet. And without the sugar, the body begins to slow down. The brain begins to slow down. And even my mouth would begin to slow down. You, the whole, and that's why you become drowsy. That's why you become sleepy. Promise. And that's why you could end up in a coma. So those are the things. Oh, and on the 18th, I go from deputy medical examiner to chief medical examiner. Just wanted to put that in there. I and I take full, I take full credit for that. So thank you for bringing it you up. Do. Take a listen to this, guys. Huntsville police continue to piece together what appears to be a murder mystery. Tonight, a husband, father, and business owner is dead. The victim is private investigator Jim Capello. And today, his sister and his father sat down with me to tell me all about Jim's life and Jim's death. It doesn't make any sense. No, it's just... <laughs> You can't make sense of it. It's horrific. It's disgusting. Jim Capello Sr. and Jim's sister Jamie were driving to Huntsville from out of state to lead a search team to find Jim. Now they're planning his funeral. Jim's wife posted on Facebook that she had last spoken to him Thursday morning. She asked for help looking for him Friday. Jim was found dead in their family home in South Huntsville Saturday. Both Jamie and Jim Sr. say Jim had no medical conditions other than high cholesterol. So his death is an utter shock. You're hearing our friends at WAFF 48. That's the reporter Liz Hurley. Back to Rachel Hammers joining me, journalist out of Huntsville, Alabama. I've got a problem. What did the wife travel? Because she's posting on Thursday that she had not seen him, but then his dead body is found by other members of his family on Friday morning. Or maybe he was gone and he came back and died. Where was she on Friday morning? That's my first question. Well, it's not quite clear where she was, but what I find really interesting is that, like I said, the sister talked to him about 11 o'clock the night before. Uh, Then this, uh, whatever transpired throughout the night, um, you know, in Alabama in in September, we're still rather warm here. And when he did not show up for work, coworkers got suspicious. You know, I just said that the family found him actually... They were going to look for him, the dad and the sister, when they were notified that he was dead. Rachel Hammers, who found Jim Capello Jr., just 37 years old, dead? Who found his body? Uh, the police did. Ah, so the police, what, go to his home for a welfare check? Uh, the, the police went to his home uh, when they received a, a phone call um, of concern from a friend of Mickey Okay, that concerns me right there that she had not called police because I, I, I'm telling you, if David, my husband, who comes home, at least I think he, he does, I better check that tracker I've got on his, on his truck, but if he didn't come home on time or generally like within a, a two or three hour period of when he's supposed to get home, I would absolutely call 911. I'd call his office. I'd go to his office. I'd travel the track between home and his office and where he may go, the grocery store, the laundry, the this, the that. And then I would call police immediately. So that's my first problem right there. But 
I don't know if that she's a nurse. She may be a traveling nurse. Maybe she had an overnight shift at the hospital. I don't know the answer to that. But I would have a problem with David being four or five hours late coming home. Kenya Johnson, Atlanta prosecutor, joining me. Right there, that's a big problem that nobody seemed to notice he hadn't come home. Well, when the police begin an investigation, they look at the people closest to uh, the person that uh, the injured party or, or whomever uh, they're looking for. And so automatically you want to see who in his family has reported him missing. Uh, has anybody said anything suspicious? Uh, they'll begin their investigation with those closest to him and how those closest to him, how they act will definitely be under the scrutiny of police uh, as they begin to develop a chain of events to surrounding the person's disappearance. Take a listen to our friend Liz Hurley, WAFF 48. You know, nobody wants to lose your children first, especially to something like this. It, it feels like the nothing else matters. The world is just come crashing down on you. Answers are few right now, but an autopsy will clear up how he died. For today, though, they want to remember how Jim lived. He loved his job. He loved his cars. He loved Riley. Riley is Jim and Nikki's four-year-old daughter. He worshiped Riley, and right now we're unsure exactly what she's been told about her parents' situation. Jim's dad and Jim's sister are working with medical professionals to find the right words. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Here's another wrinkle to this scenario. This guy, Jim Capello Jr., just 37 years old, is a well-known private investigator. And you know what that means? That means he's all up in other people's business. Karen Smith. What about it, Karen Smith? When you are in this line of business and you're investigating other people's affairs and their drug use and why they got fired and tailing them, bad things can happen to you. You got that right. It means that a lot of people have a lot of motives. It means that there's a whole wide net of people who may have had a problem with Jim Capello. People who, you know, if, if he found out you had an affair and you're the one that, that busted this person, well, that gives that person a motive to want you not around anymore so you're dealing with people money sex power the trifecta of motives here with a whole wide net of people that he's been working with so police may have had to cast their net a little bit wider than the spouse joining me right now detective and author of how to catch a liar Stephen lampley Stephen, uh, i'm sure you've told your fair share of cheating husbands and wives I, I One of my very dear friends is a defense lawyer, believe it or not, and she has told me countless times I'd rather try a dope lord than handle a divorce because those people will shoot you. They will shoot you. And she's right, Stephen Lampley. This guy's a private eye, Jim Capella Jr., and he's investigating and telling all sorts of people in his community, people he knows. They don't like that, Steve Lampley. Explain. No, Nancy, they don't. Any, nobody likes to be caught doing bad. Nobody does. 
Uh, and police are very much aware of that as our private investigators. After I retired from the police department at the insistence of my best friend, who's an attorney, uh, I also started doing PI work, and uh, I emphasized uh, child custody and domestic infidelity. People don't like to be caught. And they will. You're right. And especially in domestic instances, uh, as a police officer or even as a PI, they will turn on you in a heartbeat. But back to you, Dr. William Maroney, guys, a longtime friend and colleague, soon to be chief medical examiner. I take full credit for that in Bay County, Michigan, author of American Narcan, which is awesome on Amazon. Dr. Maroney, though, as much as we're talking about that People don't like to be caught in their affairs and their dirty dealings and their blackmails and their embezzlement. He died of seemingly natural causes. Explain what his death would have looked like. In many cases, a lot of these deaths begin to look alike. If somebody has no bleeding, no trauma, no bruises, from the outside, it looks totally natural. It could have been a stroke. It could have been a heart attack. There's no sharp force injuries. There's no blunt force injuries. There's no gunshot wounds. It looks normal. And if it was related to insulin, insulin kind of looks like drug overdose too. If you see it happening, it's the drowsiness. It's the sleepiness. It's, it's restlessness. It's slurred speech. It all looks the same. But when you look at the body, there's nothing there that gives it away. So you have to do testing and autopsy. And the hard part about this, insulin's a natural substance. It's different. If I inject you with heroin and fentanyl, they will find heroin and fentanyl in your blood, and your blood never has heroin and fentanyl. But insulin is a natural product in the body. So they're looking at something that it may have been an insulin overdose, but all of us on this uh, television show, radio show, web show, we all have insulin. So then you'd have to say, well, is it too much? Is it not enough? So it's very difficult. It looks natural from the outside, and the chemical analysis is, is extremely difficult. Well, let me ask you this, Dr. William Maroney. How many times have you, of course, you've done thousands and thousands of autopsies, how many times have you seen a body there on the slab to autopsy and you look at it and you do a physical examination and you don't see anything? It happens and it's very bewildering. And that's why we have natural as a cause of death. Five, five manners of death that we have to choose from on every death certificate in America. And somebody natural is the number one most cause. So only after you do the chemical analysis and then if they have a subject and if they have a reason, well, then you would suspect possible um, uh, homicide. But it could have been an accident because when you have something that looks natural but insulin's involved, well, did they have enough carbohydrates to balance their insulin? Did they miss a meal? Did they get a drug by mistake? There's all sorts of things can happen that way. But if you're not... A diabetic, you shouldn't have insulin in you, and it's difficult to discover. But there's a lot of bodies that go to autopsy that have no outer signs of trauma or foul play. To Rachel Hammers, joining me out of Huntsville, Alabama, journalist. Rachel, did this guy, Jim Capella Jr., just 37 years old, 
with a four-year-old little girl that he idolized in a happy marriage? Did he have a, a drug addiction or any other issue that could have led to his death that you know of? That I know of. Absolutely no indications that he had a problem with drugs. This guy, this happy dad, Jim Capella Jr., had no drug addiction. He was not strangled. He wasn't shot. He wasn't stabbed. What happened? And then this. The state is still waiting to receive the final autopsy report, but the medical examiner told officials it's consistent with being poisoned by insulin. A check at the hospital where Capella's wife worked as a charge nurse showed that insulin was missing. The judge found probable cause for the case to move forward in court, what the victim's family was hoping for. He's shining down on us right now. He's he's with us every step of the way. You know, he was well known in the Huntsville community. He's my son and I miss him. He didn't deserve this, but he deserves justice. The couple's daughter, meanwhile, is in the care of loving relatives. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Police have charged Jim Capello's wife, Marjorie Capello, in his killing. Friends and family reported the 37-year-old private investigator missing Thursday night. Today, police searched their home and found his body. Friends and family gather outside a house lined in caution tape, waiting for an answer to a question they never wanted to ask. Did they find Jim? Jim Capello, a 37-year-old private investigator, was reported missing Thursday by friends and family members. Friday, police made an official visit to the Capello home as they worked to locate him. They talked with his wife, Marjorie Capello. Through Friday, we had uh, several, our investigators had several different communications with um, members of the family of the missing person and of the female that lives at this house. That culminated into where we're at today. Police went back to the house Saturday, this time wanting to search the property. And she would not let us in the house. Mrs. Capello did voluntarily go to the Huntsville Police Department for questioning. Police got a search warrant. When they went inside the home, they found Jim Capello's body. Soon after, they charged his wife with murder. That's our friend Kelly Smith at WHNT 19 Huntsville and earlier WAFF 48's Lindsay Connell. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us. A local private eye, very well known in his community, found dead in his own home. A four-year-old little girl left behind. Shocking details now surfacing in the case of a Huntsville PI, private investigator, found dead. Question, Dr. William Maroney uh, with me, soon to be chief medical examiner, Bay County, Michigan, author of American Narcan. Dr. Maroney, we know that, according to the autopsy, he was poisoned with insulin. How do you do that? Can you drink it? Can you eat it? Does it have to be shot up? And is it part of the normal drug panel that is performed when you have an autopsy, the normal things, like you look for cocaine, heroin, meth, do you normally look for insulin? How could they have found that? It is never a normal panel. You have to have suspicion. And here's why they would have suspicion. In the normal testing, it'll tell you how much glucose, sodium, potassium, chloride, it'll tell you like your chemical analysis and his sugar, his glucose level was zero. That is abnormal. 
And then somebody would say from that, well, okay, let's go look at his pancreas where, you know, insulin's made. Is it normal? Is it full of cancer? Is it working? They take samples. They'll look at slices of the pancreas and show that it's normal. They put them on slides. They put them in a microscope and they say, there's nothing wrong with his pancreas. What else would give him a sugar of zero? And the only thing that would do it, he was very specific words, the medical examiner and the police used. They said consistent with insulin poisoning, whereas they may not have direct evidence that he has high levels of insulin, but he has zero glucose, which would result from that. So it had to be a two-step analysis. It had to be tiered, and there had to be absolutely no other cause of death. That autopsy showed absolutely no other cause of death other than an abnormal glucose is zero. Well, how can you get insulin? Can it be given to you in a drink or in food, or does it have to be shot into you? No, he was injected. He was injected. And and here's what you're going to see in the in the crime um, injected. In, or ordinarily, insulin is a subcutaneous injection, so it's just under the skin, like above the fat level. So it's real, real tiny needle, 31 gauge, tiny, tiny, tiny needle. Now, if he was made drowsy with a high level of insulin, and then they came back and they did an intravenous or intra-arterial of a much larger dose, that put him down. Make him sleepy, make him drowsy, keep giving him injections, and then come back. Insulin is never given IV like that. Never, unless it's an emergency. You know, I, I, I'm just... I'm just trying to figure out how this murder was effective. Is it, is it even a murder? According to the Huntsville Police Department major crimes investigator, the case began to take shape. And it all started on September 21 when the wife, Nikki, files a missing persons report on her husband, Jim, the private eye, the father of her four-year-old little girl. Now, his co-workers have been contacting her asking about him because he didn't show up for work and he never did that they went to go check on him and rachel hammer is joining me out of huntsville alabama journalist the co-workers go to check on him at the family home there on lauderdale road in south huntsville and is it true she would not let them come inside but his car is parked out front his car was parked out front and she would not let investigators inside as friends and uh sister uh, and her father who were on their way up here to start a search party looking for him. Okay, right there to Dr. Kieran Stark, psychologist, joining me out of Manhattan. If David was missing and I had looked everywhere and people came to help me, I believe I would let them in the front door, Karen. Well, of course you would, Nancy, which leads us to wonder. This is extremely mysterious. How could she possibly send people away? I mean, yes, she reported him missing, but here are our friends that have come and they want to be a part of trying to figure out where he is and she sends them away. So something something is very suspicious. To Kenya Johnson joining me, um, Atlanta prosecutor. Now defense attorneys will tell us that that behavior is not probative. In other words, it doesn't prove anything. But I guarantee you, Kenya, to a jury it does. Well, juries are made up of uh, people and citizens and they bring to the table their emotions and how they would respond. And so just as you mentioned, Nancy, how you would act if your loved one 
was misinclusive, wanted to offer assistance, you welcome that. And so all of that is going to be taken, uh, looked at, and see what are the, it'll go to the timeline of what's happened, how she acted, uh, and any activities that she did surrounding his, and during his disappearance. So it, it definitely raises some red flags, and police are going to look a little deeper after hearing that she's tried to stop the friends and family. You know what it reminds me of, Kenya Johnson? It reminds me of the recent text mckiver case these millionaire married to a millionaire and before his wife was cold in the grave he has a basically a yard sale at a fancy boutique and sold off about half a million three hundred thousand dollars of her designer boots and pocketbooks and clothing i mean i i remember when my fiance was murdered Within a week or two, there was no way I would be selling off the stuff. I couldn't even think straight, much less organize a consignment sale in a fancy boutique. Do you remember that? No, that doesn't mean he committed murder, but it sure doesn't help, Kenya. It does. I remember when that happened, and not only did he sell her stuff, but he had his assistant wearing her items. Her friend was walking around wearing the deceased items days after she was found dead. Or she was dead. Whoa, 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 wait. Kenya Johnson, are you telling me another woman was wearing his dead wife's clothing, her designer clothing, I might add? Absolutely. And that's what really brought police to uh, suspect that the shooting may have been intentional. So in this current case, uh, the fact that she's not allowing help, who wouldn't want help from anyone that was offering it, uh, even strangers, uh, it just doesn't show a sense of urgency or desperation. And that raises that will raise red flags to investigate. You know who else this reminds me of, and I hate to even say his name. Uh, Rachel Hammer is joining me, Huntsville, Alabama journalist. Um, Drew Peterson. Drew Peterson, who's in jail already for murdering wife number three, Kathleen Savio. Remember when his fourth much younger wife, Stacy Peterson, goes missing, he tried to give her fur coats and bikinis away to... Uh, an, another woman. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, that almost case. immediately. That's creepy. Mm-hmm. It, it certainly speaks volumes. You know, I, I'm talking about, for those of you just joining us, a 37-year-old young man. Uh, many people think that he's handsome. Jim Capello Jr. with a four-year-old little girl left behind without a dad. So co-workers come and try to help look for him, and the wife will not let them in the front door. And there's his car parked uh, out in the front. They know that's there. But that's not all. Listen to our friend, WAFF 48 reporter, Lindsey Connell. Private investigator Jim Capello was found dead on the floor of his garage at the family's South Huntsville home. His wife had reported him missing in September, but investigators say she called a friend and told her that he wasn't really missing and that she killed him with insulin, seeking help to dispose of the body. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. His wife had reported him missing in September, but investigators say she called a friend and told her that he wasn't really missing and that she killed him with insulin, seeking help to dispose of the body. Her friend then called police, leading to the sad discovery. Jim was investigating his wife because he thought she was abusing drugs. Nikki, meanwhile, was very open to co-workers about the relationship problems they were having. 
According to police, she showed no emotion after her husband's body was found. A small grave was also discovered in the backyard. Uh, the evidence that came out today is pretty clear and pretty horrendous. Like I said, we're still pursuing a murder charge. Wow. Wait a minute. Now it's all starting to fit together to Steve Lampley, uh, detective, author of How to Catch a Liar. Another thing that happened was when police came to the home, she said, sure, search the home, everything but the garage. Ding, 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 <laughs> ding. <laughs> and, and now what idiot, no offense, Marjorie Nicole Nikki Capello, age 32, but who calls someone and asks, hey, my husband's not really missing. Don't worry about him. He's dead. How does that even fit in the same sentence? Don't worry about him. He's not missing. He's dead. Can you help me get rid of his body? I mean, that's a surefire way to get caught. Nancy, this has all the earmarkings of uh, an episode of World's Dumbest Criminals. Uh, this, uh, this case has been, uh, I guess, a comedy of errors from the beginning because it's my understanding that while she was at work, I think she was a uh, registered nurse. Uh, at a hospital there, and uh, she was telling her coworkers that the only way she was going to be out of the marriage or or something along those lines was if he was dead. And, and then she steals a, a drug that has to be counted, uh, knowing that it's going to come up missing, uh, takes it home. She, she injects the insulin. Then she asks for help from two different people, I understand, to dispose of the body. She digs the grave, and then she avoids the police help. <laughs> it couldn't have been much easier for the police officers, I don't believe. I mean, Karen Smith, forensics expert, founder of Bare Bones Consulting, what is it with the husbands and the wives? I mean, that, that's the first person cops look at, and she's asking people to help dispose of the body? Yeah, D-I-B-O-R-C-E, Nancy. I don't understand this either. It's, you know, they always have the thing. It's always the husband. It's always the wife. Well, not always, but a lot of the time it is. And in this case, police smelled the odor of a decomposing body at the front door. If the body is in the garage, I don't know many garages that have air conditioning in them, that body is going to decompose even more rapidly because of the heat. There's no doubt in my mind, as soon as she opened that front door, the officer got a whiff of that human decomposition. He went, whoa, we've got a huge problem here. You tape off the house, you lock the doors. You take her downtown for questioning and you get a search warrant for the house, which is exactly what they did. To Dr. William Maroney, Deputy Medical Examiner, Bay County, Michigan, author of American Narcan. Dr. Maroney, uh, I know this is elementary for you. Try to break it down for us uh, regular folks. Why would the cops have smelled his body? The body begins to decompose within the first 24 hours. It swells and it gives off gases. Those gases burst. It's the bacteria inside the body, and worse than that, it's blowflies come and plant larvae, and then there's maggots that begin eating the body, and all that gives off putrescine, uh, spermine, and um, other uh, fatty-based, organic, nasty-smelling things. That, that's the reason why we embalm bodies. It prevents all that bad chemistry. And without it, especially at 90 degrees, plus humidity, blowflies, maggots, swelling, gas, it takes about a day. And that all starts at 90 degrees 
in the summer. Okay, I wanted I wanted you to dummy down for me, but I I think you kind of went a little overboard. You just don't have any in between, do you, Doctor Maroney? To Rachel Hammers, Huntsville, Alabama journalist. What was wrong with their marriage? Why not just get a divorce like normal people? Uh, that would make sense. Uh, but in doing some additional digging, um, the Niagara Gazette, uh, where he grew up in Montport, had reported that there was, uh, according to his sister, uh, that she he was investigating her. Um, he was investigating his wife, I should say, for drug abuse. And the sister is quoted as saying, I think the problem slowly grew over time. He wanted her to seek help. So it sounds like uh, perhaps he wanted to save the marriage. Wow. We understand that Jim had become suspicious that wife Nikki was using drugs. Don't know what kind. Could have been over-the-counter. Could have been prescription drugs. We don't know. So he, the PI, private investigator, starts investigating her and gathering evidence. He, at some point, decided he wanted to leave her and get custody of the four-year-old daughter, Riley. As a matter of fact, at one point, he even finds a bottle of insulin and takes a photo of it and sends it to a friend but they didn't know what it was at the time now this is what i don't understand how does this work in a hospital dr william maroney how do they not know that insulin is missing don't they have to keep that locked up and signed out they do but somebody can fraud the use of insulin and say that they took it out for a patient that was listed on the floor as diabetic and they faked entries into the computer. And un- with narcotics, with scheduled substances, you're required to have a witness. And if you dispose of it, it's called wasting. And the person verifies that you got rid of the fentanyl, you got rid of the morphine, you got rid of the dilaudid, you got rid of the injection, and two people assume the responsibility. Because insulin is a what you call a generic, organic, daily drug, you're not required to have a witness. You can fake the entry yourself. And that's how they do that in the hospital. I I have a short explanation of why her and her friend talked casually about uh, him dying. It's her drug use, if she is involved in drugs, has hijacked her brain and this other person may be involved and that's why they could talk about it openly to try to cover up their drug use. Soon as somebody finds out that she's uh, dependent on substances or addicted, her nursing license is gone. So she's going to try to hide that. You know, another issue that we heard from Stephen Lampley earlier is that Nikki Capello, a young mom, a charge nurse at the hospital, told coworkers that she was miserable in her marriage and that the only way she could ever be free and rid of her husband is if he was dead. Now, co-workers actually caught it. They were looking through uh, medication supply, and they found insulin missing, and this is according to WAFF, and that they contacted Nikki Capello, and she said she accidentally brought a bottle of the diabetes drug home with her. So they did catch it, and they called her on it. Rachel Hammers Huntsville, Alabama journalist, what's next in the case? She's set to go to trial in early 2020. We wait as justice unfolds. Nancy Grace, Crime Story, signing off. Goodbye, friend. (laughs) 
Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime, which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress, a collaboration between Lisa and West Elm. The natural hybrid is made from natural latex, natural wool, and environmentally safe foams. The natural hybrid elevates your sleep and supports. Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's easy breathe ventilation. You've got to win that battle against musty, damp basement air with the Easy Breathe Ventilation System. Listen, I've got a basement, I know. Take charge of your indoor air. It's easy with basement ventilation to remove musty odors, pollutants, allergens, airborne particles by 85%. An Easy Breathe Ventilation System creates air exchanges for cleaner, fresher, healthy indoor air. And right now, get $250 off your own Easy Breathe ventilation system. Just call 866-822-7328 or go to TakeChargeOfYourAir.com today. Thanks, Easy Breathe, for being our partner. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. Amazing. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, your exercise, and medication decisions. All those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and a lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner.